BWI Daily Edition. We have been taking a long, hard look at Penn State training camp. That is wrapping up, and that means we're going to be talking about a couple of other things. And one of my favorite things to talk about, one of my favorite people to talk about and talk with, is Ryan Snyder of Blue White Illustrated, our recruiting insider. He's here to break down the most interesting games tonight and this weekend in the high school football season with Penn State recruits and uh, across the region. So, Ryan... Thanks for coming on. Thanks for helping me end the week the right way on the BWI Daily Edition. August 27th, man, finally. Some some high school ball here in Pennsylvania and uh, most importantly, some some non-conference games. You know, we had a lot of conference games last year, but, uh, you know, to get, uh, you know, those Philly schools going to Pittsburgh, like we'll talk about, and some of the some of the bigger schools in, in uh, you know, the Harrisburg area face each other who, you know, don't always play each other every year. Uh, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And we're going to get to one of the reasons why it's exciting for me at the end. An article you did yesterday at BWI.Rivals.com about the, the tape you're most excited to look at. And you're right. When we have these non-conference uh, matchups between really good schools, we get way more information than we had last year. And we got so little information last year so we're getting it we're getting it thick and fast here at the beginning of the season in a perfect little window between where uh the the season starts for Penn State football and when the high school football season starts so there are big games uh this weekend we'll start with some on Friday and a couple across the region in Pennsylvania what's your first game that you're looking at that you that you're noticing and you want to highlight with Penn State recruits uh for for tonight yeah, well, there's there's three big ones. Uh, we'll we'll start with the game I'm going to, which is LaSalle College High coming out to Bishop McDevitt here in uh, Harrisburg. Abdul Carter, man, the linebacker uh, from, from LaSalle. We we yep. talked about him a lot uh, in different podcasts and all over the website. He, he killed it at camp this year. Four five forty four four second uh, shuttle at two hundred and thirty pounds. I mean, those are truly uh, on, a, on a different level than than the majority of, of linebackers at least throughout the region and uh, I, I would venture to say on the east coast this year so that that's it's a big reason why he ended up at Penn State coming to the camp and and putting up those kind of numbers and now we're going to get to see uh, him, him transition uh, obviously take those numbers and, and see what he can do on the field last year watching his film and you, you've pointed this out T Frank you know for his skill and athleticism and whatnot we saw a lot, we saw bits and pieces of it, but but there's still more 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 to learn, especially you know with his aggression and, and just kind of being more confident, you know, as as a player. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing you know now he's a Penn State commit, his recruitment's behind him, you know, if he can kind of put that put that to bed and, and really just kind of focus on his game to get better. So watching him come out and play a, a solid Bishop McDevitt squad that has three Division One prospects of its own, uh, Marquise Williams. 2023 rivals 250 running backs the one that i think most penn state fans uh know already yeah he has a penn state offer didn't didn't visit this year uh but but i do expect him to, to get on campus at some point uh, for, for a game this season <clears throat> gabriel arena is a 2023 offensive lineman he has a virginia tech offer already did camp at penn state had a pretty good showing and i, and I do think he's someone who, who could get an offer at some point down the road and then Stone Saunders, this 2025 quarterback that uh, everybody's kind of raving about right now. He he did a did, bunch of yeah 2025. Did, I know. He, but did you say quarterback? We got to stop everything now. We got to talk yeah. in depth about the quarterback. He did come. Yeah. You were about to say he did camp uh, this season with Penn State, uh, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he came up and he camped at a couple of schools. I know Michigan was another one, and he, Michigan already just they made the move and offered, which uh, I think Penn State will do at some point. I think they just want to obviously see some high school games, which makes sense. He, right. he hasn't really played at this level yet, so. But I'm really uh, this is my first chance getting a getting a up close look at him. So really excited to see that. And then you know, again, we have a we have an elite quarterback, we have an elite running back, and an elite offensive lineman going against a Penn State linebacker commit. A little yeah. bit of everything there uh, as far as what, what we can um, learn as far as Abdul Carter. So that's that's why I chose this game. But there's so many, man. We'll get into a couple others even outside the region. This is a this is one of the better high school high school weekends, uh, at least from what I've seen so far um, when I look down to the schedule. Yeah, and, and by the way, a total side note to what we're talking about here. If you want to wet your whistle before the lineup tonight on Friday, uh, there is already Drew Aller film out there if you want to go watch him in the Medina Bees. He played and won uh, last weekend and was uh, pretty impressive. I had some thoughts about him. I threw up on Twitter in that game. So we're already getting more data points. We're already getting more information about these Look recruits. You, so I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see new film and to get a better idea of what these guys are like and you're right abdul carter that's a really big one for me that i want to see what his uh what his progression from the mental side of things are because i you know a young linebacker it's a tough position so that's that's one when you know i was in those videos when you watch the breakdowns just remember some of these guys that were looking at their film from pretty early in their career uh the next game that we're going to be talking about is another one on the other uh no this one this is this one is still in uh harrisburg mm -hmm. it's central dolphin and Mannheim township another guy Guy that I think is a real wild card in this class is Makai Flowers. He's mm -hmm. going to be in this game. Tell us a little bit about the rest of what's going on in this game between Central Dolphin and Mannheim. It's well to clarify, it's Central Dolphin East. There's Thank there's you. two CD schools. Thank uh, you. Central Dolphin East. So Makai obviously played for Steel High last year. Took him to a state championship. Uh, everything. Everything you could ask for last season, Makai delivered on big plays throughout the playoffs. I mean, really took his team. To, to to that to that state championship and then delivered in the state championship too, uh, but but that was also what won a level. And I'm not trying to knock on some of the smaller schools, but he he was the superstar basically every single game he yeah. played in. And now he will still be that superstar in pretty much all of these games. Uh, but but tonight, for example, he's going to get to go against Anthony Ivy, another Penn State commit who plays for Mannheim Township. So just just playing at a different level is. It helps a lot, at least in my in my opinion, because a lot of the schools at the six A level, they sure they they won't have a ton of Division One stars. There's a reason guys are Division One. They're they're you know they're I want to say few and far between because there's there's a lot of them. But when you look at the the whole high school landscape, they're they're still uh, one one two percent of the whole uh, landscape, like I said. But anyway, uh, the, these six A schools they do have a lot of Division Two players, Division One AA guys, and you know, they're just a lot deeper. They, a lot of these rosters have 50, 60, 70 players um, compared to, you know, some of the smaller schools that are, you know, putting 30 guys out there. So just looking forward to seeing what Makai can do at this level. Uh, we, we know what Anthony Ivey can do. He, he was excellent last year, 540 yeah. yards receiving, 23 receptions and, and 20, or excuse me, eight touchdowns in just four games. So uh, I, I know all about Ivey. I, I've seen him play three times now. And I've seen Makai play a couple of times too, but <clears throat> on this level uh, is is what I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Greg Pickle's going to actually attend this game for us, so she, she, he should have some good feedback uh, and highlights here in the uh, days to come. 
looking forward to that one and looking forward to seeing what Makai can do. Especially, I think it's a good test to have Anthony Ivey on the other side. That mm -hmm. is going to be a really interesting matchup because Penn State looks at Flowers as a safety primarily right now, right? that's That's been his recruiting process. And mm -hmm. so that's going to be interesting to see. You're right. We know what Anthony Ivey is. He's a deep threat. He's a speed guy. I want to see what Makai Flowers does when he's got some real challenges on the field on the defensive side of the ball because the instincts I mean the instincts are great it's just now what's what else is there I, I'm that's going to be a great matchup and then yep. a big one on this one's on the other side of the state and it's a a one it's one that has a ton of prospects in it Imitep Charter and Pittsburgh Catholic this one's going down in Pittsburgh tell us I mean we got a list of guys here in this one right yeah yeah I mean um honestly I have I got a my family's from Harrisburg. I got to be in Harrisburg for some other things this weekend. But it was – this is the one I kind of want to attend. Now, I will say I'm going to probably see Imatep. I'm definitely going to see Imatep play probably two or three times this year. I, I'm thinking yeah. actually maybe next weekend uh, when DeMatha comes up to Philadelphia, and I'm sure we'll discuss that then. But, uh, yeah, the Pittsburgh Central Catholic's always one of the top schools in, in 6A. They, In my opinion, Pittsburgh Central Catholic probably should have been in the state championship last year. They had to forfeit uh, in the quarterfinal round, I believe, against McDowell. McDowell ended up playing Central York, Bo Perbula. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Pittsburgh Central Catholic and Central York there in the semifinals. And, um, you know, that would have been a good game. That would have probably – either one of those teams could win. But my point is that uh, PCC could have could have been a state championship caliber team last year, and, and they, they had to forfeit. So now a <clears throat> good chunk of those players are back. Donovan Hinnish is a defensive tackle, commit to Notre Dame. And there's a really good 2024 linebacker, Anthony Specka. I believe he had – 48 tackles uh, in about eight games last year, which was pretty good for a freshman. And, and you know, PCC is always just deep, man. They, they'll, they'll have a ton of one double-A guys and, and Division two guys. The, the roster's uh, stacked with a bunch of uh, solid college players. And then, of course, Imatep Charter. I think every Penn State fan who follows this closely knows all about, uh, you know, Imatep out in Philadelphia. Keon Wiley, Penn State's uh, lone commitment uh, from, from that roster, but there's a ton of guys that they've offered. Uh, Eni White, of course, is the number one player in Pennsylvania. He's going to head south and won't, won't end up at Penn State, but he's another top guy playing in that game. Ramirez Stewart is probably the top uncommitted guy for 2023 that Penn State fans will have to get to know, but there's other ones too. Uh, Kenneth, uh, I think it's Woozy. I got to, I got to, uh, learn how to pronounce his last name. I don't want to be butchering that, so sorry, Ken, if I did. But uh, really good 2024 defensive back. Uh, and then also Zamir Mathis is a, an up-and-coming defensive end uh, that, that Penn State fans are going to get to know. They, Penn State's obviously offered already all three of those players. So just Imatep stack, man. They, they're going to have, you know, out of their 11 defensive guys, half of them, at least half of them, maybe more, are going to play 1AA, Division One, and uh, a bunch of guys will play Division Two too. So these are just two really deep programs uh, taking, taking, uh, they're facing each other uh, to, to start the season. So it, if you live out in Pittsburgh, I would definitely check this game out tonight. So there's a bunch of great stuff going on, and and I'm I'm glad you're highlighting 22 and 23 because for a lot of the class, I'm sorry, 23 and 24 because a lot of the class of 2022, I mean, we've done some good work on. They're obviously uh, a bunch of committed guys, and a lot of that information too is in the latest edition of Blue White Illustrated, which you can pick up wherever you get your magazines. We got some uh, scattered around town. I was dropping them off at local businesses, so uh, if you uh, if you see. This guy. 
Uh, Blue White Illustrated out there. Maybe if you're going to get your milk or ice cream, that'll give you a hint where you can find one. Uh, you can pick up a free copy of Blue White Illustrated. And uh, Ryan's got a great breakdown of a bunch of guys we're going to get to here from Deny Dennis Sutton. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff on recruiting. So this magazine is the one you want if you're listening to this show. That's all we did in July, man. I felt like that. <laughs> that that's, you know, we're, we obviously talk a lot of football on this, but. Uh, recapping all of July, you'll, you'll get a lot of that. I think we have um, almost 20 pages of recruiting in that one. So it's a, it's a good one if you, you know, you want to recap what Penn State did and um, just, you know, looking forward to the season. Yeah, and a couple of my breakdowns, if you've seen them on the website, they're in the magazine. You guys make me sound so smart and concise when you put my <laughs> stuff in a magazine. All of that filler just gets uh, wiped right out. Another really interesting thing, speaking of the class of 2022, that I want to highlight, uh, bwi.rivals.com. Ryan did a great breakdown and did all the math on points per player. I have that right. Points per player, right? Yep. That's the article yep. that was up this week. Uh, I love the insight into what that means because it really gets down into, as Ryan describes in the article, how does Penn State rank if you look at that and versus the rest of the country and not just looking at total volume of points. So bwi.rivals.com, if you are not a member yet, Use the promo code BWI60. I've been putting it up all month long. You want to get it here. Here is the promo code BWI60. Two months free of Blue White Illustrated. So BWI.Rivals.com backslash subscribe. I'm going to karate chop a computer at one point. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me get a chance real quick. I, I want to talk yeah. about that article just for a couple of minutes here. And basically... Sure, sure. The reason, the reason I, I, so we, we, I did this article last year when Penn State's class was, everyone was talking down on it. Ah, uh, you know, it's whatever, right? Late, you know, low in the twenties or thirties, whatever it was, I forget. But it, it was, you know, no, nowhere near the standard of what most people expect. And it was a very small class. And the way these rivals rankings work in other school or in other uh, sites too is. It's a combination of quantity and quality, okay? Right. And because of that quantity factor, which I, I personally think is way too heavily into our system, <clears throat> that class is going to be low because it doesn't reach 20 players. And you can read the article to, to go on those specifics. But anyway, I, I painted the picture last year that Penn State's class was basically pretty much on par with what it's always been. It's, its average point per player last year was 98.62. And this year's is 98.5. Five, eight or something like that. It's pretty much identical. And now Penn State has a ton of commitments now compared to all these other schools. And they rank 18th or 17th, excuse me, in average points per player. And and the way I look at the way I reason I use average points per player is because it basically eliminates that quantity factor. And it's looking at specifically, you know, however many players you have, you know, that obviously this is the average. You guys know this already. And it, and it just it gets down to just who is bringing in the best talent, regardless of how many players are committed. So with Penn State being at 98, it's 98.58 right now. And there's a ton of schools above them that have 13 commits, nine commits, 13, uh, 10 commits. They're all going to drop as they add more three stars down the road and whatnot. And Penn State will move up. I think they'll be kind of right on the fringe of top 10. And, and APP and and personally, what I would just like to see down the road is this this be a sortable uh, way of, of ranking classes. So you know we have the normal ranking, we have uh, average star rating, and I think this would be another good thing to sort them by. Um, you know for for fans who or you know for for schools who just don't reach that twenty uh, commitment threshold. I, I think fans you know of a school say Oklahoma last year. I mean I think they had sixteen commits. They ranked thirteenth in the nation. Uh, but their APP was like number four, number five. So right. just whenever you don't reach that twenty, that twenty 
uh, commitment threshold, if, if you sort by APP, it gives you a much better feel for, well, we, you know, we have a lot of talent here. We just don't have the, the amount of commitments this year. So that's why I do this article. It doesn't paint Penn State's class in that beautiful, uh, <laughs> that beautiful sunlight that we've been painting it in for a while. And, and right. look, it's, it's still an awesome class. And, and yeah. the fact that they're 17th now, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up closer to the top 10. I just like to do this to give fans a better perspective of really kind of how this class ranked to last year, which the average, the APPs are pretty much identical. Now Penn State has a kicker. Well, they had a kicker last year too, which brought those down a little bit. And if you do eliminate uh, Baquetta, and only just because a lot of these other schools don't uh, have a kicker committed, it, it would bump them up into almost like 101, which would bump them up a couple spots. So, um, but I just, I, I like looking at rankings in different ways. And that's kind of why I decided to do that now. Well, you know, and I, I appreciate that too. I try never to, and never great at this, but never get too high, never get too low. And when, mm-hmm. if you're a Penn State fan and you see that number one overall ranking, you know, in the back of your head, because people like Ryan tell you this stuff, it's going to come down. And when it does, yeah. people get mad. So having that information, kind of the balance out and watching those two numbers meet where we expect them to, I think gives Penn yeah. State fans a good perspective of all of this stuff. And honestly, a good perspective of a class that you and I have talked about and gone in depth with a lot of these guys is a really good class. This is a yeah. good class of players. So it's going to be a top 10 class and, yeah. it will, and it will be a top 10 class, uh, but there's still, you know, those five, six schools. I, you, you guys know them all now between Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, we can go on and on that are just on a different level right now. And Penn State yeah. is recruiting excellent. Uh, and they're they're knocking on the door. They're they're definitely in that second group. But I think until we get a expanded college football playoff and more schools are getting opportunities to, to create these upsets and get the attention uh, when the lights are the brightest, you're just going to continue seeing those top six, seven, maybe eight or so schools just dominate recruiting rankings. And Penn yeah. State's right. I mean, they're going to be the best of the rest this year, basically. And weirdly, I still don't understand Notre Dame. I don't get the appeal. Like, I understand they've been in the college football playoff more than other teams. I get that. But they still have this. I, They have been a perennial to me just based on the expectation that's been delivered of it's Notre Dame. Everyone seems to love Notre Dame. They continually fall short of that. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe, maybe I'm measuring them against the hype, which you should never do. But it just seems to me like, I don't know. It's because they, well, they haven't had a good quarterback. They have yeah, not. That's, they have that's, not that's, developed a good quarterback, yeah. and I think that's a a big problem of uh, the system there at Notre Dame. It, there's only three, four elite quarterbacks every year in, in yeah. the recruiting world, and uh, they tend to go to the same couple schools. Uh, one thing I will say is Notre Dame's 11th in APP, so they are pretty much right there where where Penn, where I project Penn State to be once these other schools add commitments and their numbers come down. They're, they'll probably be right in the bottom of that elite tier, maybe eight, nine, somewhere in, in that ballpark uh, when it's all said and done. But they're kind of, you know, on the fringe of that, you know, the, the Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Ohio States of the world, and that second tier where you'll find Penn State, Michigan, Oregon, Florida, et cetera. Ryan Snyder, he is our insider here on the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We're talking about recruiting, and it has been a quiet month here in August when it comes to recruitment. Penn State had a white-hot July, and people were expecting that to continue into twenty into into August and to the 2023 class. Now, 
obviously that couldn't continue. That perpetual motion machine couldn't continue. They ran out of spots in class of 22. That being said, now with the class of 23 getting on the field and uh, getting some games under their belt, do you see some more movement in September with some more commitments or some more players that get offers in 2023? It's possible, man. But look, these guys, they haven't, and they haven't taken any school visits, man. I yeah. did the, I ran the numbers a couple weeks ago. I think there were six 2023 kids who took unofficial visits to Penn State back in 2019 when they were first allowed to come and see games. They're I mean, 14 nothing. at that point. <laughs> that's nothing, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and that's because they're very young, and you're right. Yeah. But, but my point is, you know, if they would have been able to take visits last year. There would have been 80 2023 kids, maybe more, that that came and saw games. So these guys got to go see games, man. That's so important. They were finally able to get their feet wet this summer. You know, will, will we see a kid or two make a move? Yeah, maybe. But if I'm, you know, if that's my son, I want him to get out to as many games as possible. Take your time. Your, your whole process right now has been messed up until June, basically. Finally got back to normal in June. August has been a wash because everybody focused on preseason. August is a dead period. You know, we knew we knew recruiting was going to be slow. Fans wanted to obviously see another commitment or two, but August is always pretty dead. Um, and you know, now now September coming in, you're, you're going to get your first opportunity to go see, uh, you know, those big Ohio State, Oregon games, Penn State, Auburn, uh, Michigan, Washington. You know, these these top prospects are going to go get to see those big time atmospheres, uh, and that's what they need to do right now. And then focus on you know commitments and whatnot come uh, you know January, February, et cetera. So one last article that you and Greg, Greg Pickle, our other recruiting uh, reporter, wrote earlier this week that I was I, I loved this article and, and I wanted to talk about it with you today because I think it is to what you just said. The class of 2023 had their entire cycle disrupted by covid. 22 did as well for in a lot of ways on field, maybe more so than in the recruiting visits and getting to know staffs and things like that. So you put down your guy that you wanted to see film from for his senior year and Greg gave his. So give us who you want to see. And uh, I want to talk about a couple of the other guys on this list because mm -hmm. class of 22, there's a there, to me, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a ton. I mean, it's deny, man. It has to be yeah. denied Dennis Sutton because the simple, obviously he didn't play last year. And then the, the year he did play in 2019, he was a defensive tackle. And, you know, yeah. what what happened was, you know, he, he, he was a good defensive tackle. But he kind of he kind of transformed his body uh, throughout COVID, man. I mean, he, he was on pace to be a defensive tackle at the at the Division One level. He, he was on pace to be 280-plus pounds, maybe even more. And, you know, he, he started eating a lot better and, and just getting in the gym more. And now he's uh, a stud, strong side defensive end, you know, ripped as all can be. So, you know, just, just seeing how he progresses as, as a defensive end, you know, he, he was taking on double teams and really kind of, um, you know, plugging A and B gaps. And now he's going to be expected to, to really, you know, he's already been good with his hands, but improve with his hands and, and contain the edge and whatnot. So I, I want to see just how he transitions there, especially with a whole year of not, not playing at all. And also, he he has an injury right now. He he dislocated yeah. his shoulder, so he's going to miss. I actually caught up with the nine uh, just just two days ago. He's going to miss the first game or two, and then we do expect him to be back in September at the end of September. Uh, deny or McDonough actually plays LaSalle, who I'm seeing tonight. Uh, they they play them at the end of September, I believe it's the Villanova game. Uh, so I'll probably go to that instead of Villanova, and 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 you know get a good look at deny, and then also see Abdul Carter again. So. You know, just it, I think it just I think it's simple. You, you can look at quarterbacks, and, and my second one would have been Drew Allar. 
and and quarterbacks always make sense for a multitude of reasons. Uh, but the fact that he didn't play last year, the fact that his rise to a five star was all about his camp performances and not really his tape performances that we saw yep. two years ago. You know, we have to see him kind of put everything together now, and which I think he will. I mean, every everything we've seen from this player over the last year has just been perfect. He just gets better and better and better every time we see it. Now I want to see McDonough, who plays some elite schools, I want to see him put that on the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, I mean, if you've seen the, the recruiting video, T. Frank's uh, film room on Deny Dennis Sutton, and we did a live show when he after he committed – to me, that's the biggest missing piece is what happened? What what has happened to him mm-hmm. as a football player? Because we saw him on the recruiting circuit. I would love to see all of that stuff translate to the field as well. You, you got that one. I'm going to go with the one that, uh, you know, if we take the quarterbacks off the table, um, Malik McNeil is another one that I find super interesting yeah. because 6'8", I mean, listed at 340 pounds, but if he was 310 or 309 at this point, I don't know what he is. I, we haven't he 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 played no football last year because in the state of Connecticut they they shut down uh, the high school season, um, and we saw practice stuff. We saw some stuff of him doing drills, and I want to see all of that size and that coachability. Because that was the biggest thing that Phil Troutwine, when I asked him about recruits and what you want in a guy, the guy I had in mind was Malik McNeil. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he talked about, are you coachable? Can you listen to what I say? Can you implement it? And then when we saw Malik McNeil, and these are a little bit unrelated, but I'm bringing them together, we saw him be coachable on film. That's what I think we, I saw a lot of him being coachable. So there are some things in his game that concern me about his translation to the Division One level, but with good coaching and good nutrition, and he clearly is on the effort path of maximizing his talent. At six foot eight, he's got all the ability in the world to be a good tackle. I want to see what that hard work and that production has done over the last couple of years. And he's a guy that, you know, with with the run that they had in July, he might have been one that kind of got pushed to the back burner in your mind. But as as one of the tackles in this class, he's a very important piece. Yeah. Well, I, I, you couldn't tell there. I was trying to find testing numbers here on my phone <laughs> while you were talking. Uh, so he ran a 5'6'40" at Penn State for for that size is pretty good you know like yeah. you said over just pretty much right around 300 pounds he actually I think he's actually lost a little bit of weight in the, over the summer which is which is good yeah um yeah. we have him around like he's probably closer to six seven I should probably update his profile if it still says six eight but uh long story short he, he also ran a five one shuttle which is really good at a player that size that's quick feet that's everything I think that number really helped uh you know Penn State well he was already committed but I think that number uh, surprise Penn State, you know, when, yeah. when he came to camp. So that that's good to see. Long at, long reach, all that good stuff. I mean, I, there's a lot to work with camp-wise that I know Troutwine really likes. And like you said, that 5-1 shuttle number, man, that, that shows quick feed. And, and at a player that size, I think he thinks there's a lot to work with. Yeah, so that that's a that's a really good one. I could go down. I mean, heck, I want to see more. I just want to see more Caden Saunders because I think he's fun to watch. Like if mm-hmm. we did a total different list of guys that are fun to watch, Caden well, Saunders, super fun to watch on film. One thing I was going to say is I, I wanted to end this with just a couple other games that I think fans need to keep an eye on. I mean, yeah, yeah. just from outside the region, uh, that because like I said, this is a stacked weekend with so many non-conference games. Uh, like in Ohio, for example, Caden Saunders is playing Westerville Central, uh, both Westerville South, which is where Caden plays, and Westerville Central. Obviously, they're, they're rival schools, but they're also both top 25 schools. I believe Central is 11th and, and South is around 24th or so. 
So, you know, just, just getting the opportunity to see him play another elite squad. Last week, man, he was held in double team to triple team by Warren Harding. Uh, basically every play his team ran for 300 plus yards so you know they they really focused on shutting down Caden and then just you know the 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 coach decided to to pound him up the middle so that's that's a big game this upcoming weekend and we'll and we'll get to a pretty good feel for uh you know how how they're going to use Caden this year because like I said last week we we got nothing out of that and so um and then also Western Central has a pretty good quarterback they don't have too many guys who be able to lock Caden down but they do have a good quarterback who's committed to Youngstown State so just kind of curious to see how that game plays out and then Medina and, and Avon. Avon's a – they're an okay program in Ohio, and they got a really good win, though, last week over Brunswick, and it, it bumped them up pretty high in the rankings. Now both of those schools are, are top 25 programs. So just seeing how Drew Allar performs in, this, in, in uh, week two, you know, his, he, he admitted his, his first half last week was kind of shaky, uh, but, he, but he led his team on two really good drives uh, in that second half to put Warren Harding away. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, – or excuse me, they put Warren Harding? No. Yes, they played Warren Harding last week, uh, but anyway, that you know, that it was good to see him, um, you know, rally and, and get his team to win last week. Uh, just two more games I want to mention: Liberty Christian at Magna Vista. Tyler Johnson it plays at Magna yes. Vista, and he's a guy I've raved about. You know, he's another player who came up here and killed it at camp. Liberty Christian's the best team he'll play this year. Now they don't have a, a lockdown corner kind of matchup that I'm looking to see, but they do have five star offensive lineman um, Zach Rice. They have Davis Lane, a quarterback who's committed to Virginia. And then a 2025 running back. Yes, there it is again, T. Frank, 2025. He's a freshman who already has a Penn State offer. He has a, he has a handful of offers. So that's just the best team that Tyler Johnson is going to face this year. So, you know, keep an eye out for that on Twitter. You know, look, look see what kind of stats and, and film we get from that game. Because that's, uh, you know, if I could if I could go all the way down past Richmond, and I don't know, it's probably like a six, seven-hour drive. If I could do it, I wish I could. Um, because that that that's going to be our best opportunity to see Tyler Johnson play a top team. And then just one last thing to mention real quick, IMG Academy is on ESPN at 1.30 on Sunday. So Penn State fans want to check out Katron Allen. Uh, there's your opportunity to do it. All right, so you've got a full weekend work of home, worth of homework if you want to go watch the top Penn State recruits and prospects for the class of 2022, 2023, 2024, and 2025. Ryan Snyder, we'll be talking 2026 soon, I'm sure. Sorry. Oh, please. <laughs> Eighth graders, was, man. There's already been a couple. They've already offered a couple. I, I I don't want to I don't want to do this, but like I was feeling old yesterday when I went to the doctor. I thought I was in great health until he came and called me back and was like, "Hey, you got this, 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 and this," and I'm like, "And now we're yeah, talking no, about man. 2026, guys." Uh, anyway, yeah. I know it happens. Time marches on, and you should be excited about those players. But uh, if you feel old, uh, so do we. But uh, <laughs> I have a, a host of, of toys over here. I don't know if I've ever showed everybody my my kids' <laughs> playroom, but yeah, I mean, it's we could go on an adventure on all the Tonka trucks over here. So anyway, let's wrap this up. Yeah, uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on the BWI Daily Edition. Always great to have you on. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon.